This is your host, J.D. Shock, a.k.a. Juwian, and this is Set 5 Pass, a podcast about all things Yu-Gi-Oh! We got content reviews, deck profiles, meta reports, you name it, we'll whip it up. Uh, check us out on Twitter, at Set5Podcast, to get an inside look of what I'm stewing up, and maybe, maybe we'll take some suggestions from y'all. Thanks for tuning in for this week's episode. Let's get right to it. What is up, everybody? This is JD Shock, aka Julian, and you're listening to Set Five Pass, a Yu-Gi-Oh podcast. So today, I think that we're gonna have a conversation about the ban list, but not ban list predictions. Um, I put a comment on my Twitter page, and then also on some of my group chats and Discords I'm in, on hey, give me your top five cards. That could come off the ban list and for argument's sake um these are only coming back to one uh but i got a lot of responses and a wide variety of cards that are coming back well that people want back and so i'm just gonna kind of talk about some of the uh overarching ones i saw multiple times and just kind of toss in my two cents and just kind of go from there um like always, feel free to follow me on Twitter at Set5Podcast. You know, like I said, I love to talk about Yu-Gi-Oh! I could do this all day. Um, but I think that we're just going to get right into it. So, uh, like I said, for argument's sake, uh, these are only coming back to one. And uh, no erratas or anything. It's just as they currently are. Let's see. So, the first one that I saw pop up a couple times was... Orcus Harpoor. Now, I was not around during the um, the toss format. Uh, I was uh, involved in other card games during that time, so I really don't understand like the full depths of how strong this card looks in terms of how it plays and what it does. But on face value, it, it looks pretty good. So it's a level four dark machine. 1700 attack, 1400 defense. Let's be real, for a lot of the cards on the ban list, they're not banned because of their stats, they're banned because of their effects. And so Orcus Harpoor, uh, you can banish this card from your graveyard, special summon Orcus from your deck, except Harp. Also, you cannot special summon monsters for us this turn, except for dark monsters. You can only use this effect of Orcus once per turn. So, Hard once per turn on the road, on the E-Telly. But yeah, this is an E-Telly slapped onto a monster. And yeah, it locks you into just darks, but I think dark is the most supported attribute in the Yu-Gi-Oh franchise. So <laughs> it's not really a lockout. Also, all the Orcas are dark, so it, this is just a Rota. Um, I think what's wild about this, so like, I mean, uh, I think what's wild about this is that if you compare this to the closest equivalent, which is um, Emergency Teleport. So Emergency Teleport summons a, I think a level 3 or lower Psychic from deck, uh, Spanish during the end phase. Uh, Orcus Harpoor summons any Orcus from deck, doesn't die, but you're locked in the darks. Um, the thing about it is that 
Orcas, like Harpoor is like a monster in and of itself. So if you can like play something and uh, and then play some, and then put Harpoor alongside, you have yourself a Link 2, and then Harpoor you could hypothetically banish to get an Orcus from deck and to go into a Link 3. I'm pretty sure Galatea is a Link 2, so that, there's your combo right there. Um, this is, that's actually pretty gnarly. Like you, this card's an extender. You can banish it at any time during your plays to uh, get something from deck, so um, you know how it says locks you out for Dark Souls the rest of the turn. You can do Harpoor at the very end. Um, I'm pretty sure Access Code Talker is a dark. I may be wrong on that, because um, I don't have it in front of me. But like if you have your link three, banish Harpoor, get something, go into an Access Code, go in for game. Um, I'm pretty sure Boral Sword. Uh, Boral Load Savage and like all the Boral Dragons are darks, so just other big game ending cards that you can go into that way. Uh, with that being said, with the argument of this coming back to one, I think it could come back to one. Uh, the metagame is very fast paced. I know that Orcus is still kind of strong, but not incredibly strong. Uh, I mean, we have Sky Striker that got engaged back and uh, you know, that kind of made Sky Strikers really relevant again. In addition, uh, we're not seeing so much from Salamangrate even with like Crossout being introduced into the TCG. Uh, but I could see Harpoor coming to one. That doesn't seem too bad. Uh, it seems pretty reasonable given what it is. And also there is a lot of like banishing in the game right now with, um, with like Virtual World and Sword Soul, so. Yeah, yeah, I think Harpoor, that's a reasonable ask to come back to the game at one. Looking at number two, the other one I saw quite a few times, uh, Masterpiece the True Draco Slaying King. Now, I just want to go on the record and say that this card has like probably one of the most beautiful card arts I've ever seen and I can never find a high resolution picture without all the foiling. If you happen to have a link to one or know where there's one at, uh, please send it my way because I've been looking forever and I can't find one. So, <laughs> so Masterpiece, the true Draco Slaying King is a level eight light worm with 2950 attack and defense. That's actually pretty beefy, um, especially given that this is kind of easy to put on board. So to tribute some, to tribute some of this card face up, you can tribute uh, continuous spells and traps you control as well as monsters. So if you just have like two back row that are alive, you can just put him on board. Um, it's unaffected by the cards of, of, it's unaffected by the effects of cards, but the same type as the original card type of the things that were used to tribute summon him. And once per turn, during either player's turn, if you control it, if you control this monster, you can banish a continuous spell or continuous trap from grave, tire card on the field, and destroy it. So, uh, this has, like, you know, besides the summoning effect, it has two really strong effects. One is built-in protection and built-in removal, on top of being a big body. Now... Built-in protection is all right, 
Like, if you end up chasing it out pretty easily with just like spells and traps, it's immune to spell and trap cards. There's a lot of monster effects in the game that can remove this card pretty easily. Um, the the common dogmatic uh, like uh, dogmatic punishment, target a different monster, use Entest to take care of masterpiece. That would be a common play. Um, but if you end up actually putting it on board, with like for example, like monster and spell, um, he's actually kind of hard to get rid of. Like no lightning storms um, will remove him. Uh, no monster effect. If you're a combo deck that relies on monster effects being the main thing, like a lot of your a lot of the negation in the game comes from monster effects. So if this has protection from monsters it hypothetically is never going to get negated when it tries to pop cards every turn. Um, but the pop effect isn't really even that strong. Like, it has to be a continuous spell or continuous trap from your grave. So this is a resource that can run out unless you really flood your graveyard with it. Uh, and in addition, it's a targeting effect. So you target one card on the field and destroy it. And there's a lot of stuff that has built-in targeted protection. Like, Dragoon is not going to be outed by Masterpiece. Um, uh, the new Destiny Hero, Destroyer, uh, Destroyer Phoenix Enforcer. Like, you target Phoenix Enforcer and Phoenix Enforcer is just gonna destroy itself. Or you can just let it go through and then it's just gonna come back because it was destroyed. Like, so the destruction effect isn't really that strong in modern day play. However, that built-in protection is seems pretty. Um, it can it can be I don't want to say problematic, but it can definitely be overwhelming, especially if the game state gets to a point where it is a little bit simplified. Like um, for example, like Eldritch. Eldritch would probably like a card like this. Uh, granted, maybe only be protected from traps, but you can. Uh, Oh wait, no, no other stuff is like continuous traps. Oh no, Elvis actually could not use this card. Uh, but yeah, the protection, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. So the protection would be a little bit rough. Uh, I feel like this card can come back to one. If, if it did, I don't think it would be as strong. I feel like 2950 is not, the worst to get over, but in certain matchups might actually be kind of hard. Um, this is, it's not its not negation, it's just an additional uh, disruption. And if this thing sits on the board for too long, or if it's put on board too early in the game, uh, you're not gonna get the effect that many times. So there's times where this could actually like be kind of dead. So uh, my judgment is that, yeah, this could come back to one. I'm giving it a thumbs up here. Okay, next one on the list. Heavy Metal Foes, Electromite. Now, this one, <laughs> it's kind of funny because I think I saw this in like most of my comments. I got people like, please give us Electromite back. I really thought that Electromite was gonna come back when uh, Heavy Metal Foes were getting support in Blazing Vortex to the point that I actually built Metal Foes and Learned all their combos and invested in three magician souls strictly for this card to come back, and then it didn't. <laughs> so it was like, oh, pain. So, <laughs> uh, so if you're not familiar with it, it Electromite is a link to a fire psychic monster. Now, 
Uh, like I said, it has 1800 attack. Its stats are meh, but you're not playing this for the stats. One is that uh, with the master rules, links are very important to pendulum strategies because you can only summon so many things from the extra deck. So you need link monsters to give you arrows to summon stuff. Uh, so two back arrows is actually like the best thing for, <laughs> for any pendulum player. And I can assure you that other pendulum players will agree. Like we do not need any arrows pointing forward. We need them all back because we need to summon a lot. Uh, it takes two pendulum monsters to summon. If this card is link summoned, you can add a pendulum monster from your deck or extra deck uh, from your deck to your extra deck face up. Once per turn, you can target one other face up card you control, destroy it, and then add a face uh, pendulum monster from your extra deck to your hand. If a card in your pendulum zone leaves the field, draw one card. You can only use this effect of Electromite once per turn. So, um, this has three effects that are going to like really pop off all at the same time. So you take a monster from your deck, put in your extra deck. You can target your card, uh, face up card you control, destroy it, and then add the pendulum card from your extra deck to your hand. And if something in your pendulum zone leaves the field, you draw. So if you put Electromart on board and you have something in your pendulum zone already, you can send something, destroy the monster, add the card, draw a card. So hypothetically, this is a plus two because you're getting one card from your extra deck to your hand and then one card from deck to hand and you get to pick one of the cards. Uh, this kind of reminds me of Sky Striker Engage. Uh, Sky Striker Engage gets you, lets you search a card and then lets you draw a card if you have three spells. So. That's the closest equivalent I can think of off the top of my head, but Engage is kind of like, you know, that plus two, quote unquote, in that way. Um, and this is really just for Pendulum decks. Like, I know that Pendulum is like the mechanic that Konami really doesn't like to support or really acknowledge, but lately, like, with Burst of Destiny, Dawn of Majesty, uh, we just keep getting pendulum cards. Like we just, it'll be like one support card here or there, but after a while that starts to accumulate. And people, I think people who missed out on the format or maybe are, re, are like rediscovering or trying to get back into the game would really, really like to play pendulums. Um, yeah, like pendulums can be super glass cannon-like, like they'll either pop off or they fizzle, uh, but it's like, there's not very many like pendulum control decks with the exception of like Zephra and a couple others. But those are like, you know, they're like super rogue tier. I don't think we've had like a pendulum deck come back into the meta in quite a long time. So it, I, I, think, I think I'm gonna have to side with a lot of people here and say that Electromite could come back. I don't see any severe problems with Electromite coming back. Like, I don't think that there's gonna be like a bunch of like crazy like FTKs or anything like that because the game state has just changed so much since it's been gone. Uh, but yeah, so I, I like this card. I think, one, I think the card art for all the metal foes are really cool. I like the idea of like, they ride vehicles and then they morph and wear their vehicles as armor and, and weapons. Like, it's just, 
pretty gnarly, to be honest. Um, but yeah, so that's how I feel about Electromite. Now, here's some of a little bit more controversial ones. These ones I was actually kind of surprised that people mentioned. Uh, so uh, we're looking at Vanity's Emptiness, a continuous trap card. I remember when this card was first introduced into the game and uh, it was picked, it took like a couple months before people actually realized like how gnarly this card was. So Vandy's Emptiness is a continuous trap card. Neither player can special on monsters. If a card is sent from the deck or field to your graveyard, destroy this card. So uh, there's, <laughs> it's very cut and simple. No special summoning, and it destroys itself if something touches your grave. Now, um, say you say you're going first, and you're playing a combo deck or a mid-range deck that needs you know that sets up and then goes in for the kill next turn. Like you do your whole combo, and then you just set Vandy's emptiness. Like you've already done your special summoning that you need to do. You just need to make sure that opponent doesn't special summon for a turn, and so. They start their combos, you play Vandy's Emptiness, they can't extend into their deck, they can't end up removing a card from your field, uh, Emptiness stays on board, and then the following turn you get to go in for game. That's kind of what would happen with Vanity's. <laughs> uh, and in addition, it's stuff that is sent from, that's sent to your graveyard. So Pendulum Monsters, they don't go to grave. They go to your extra deck. So if you were just destroying your own stuff or uh, getting them sent to grave, like getting them removed from the field in a different way, uh, they wouldn't actually touch grave and emptiness would stay active. And that was kind of not so nice. <laughs> uh, it's interesting to see because OCG has this at one and TCG has this forbidden, but OCG has quite a few stark differences. So like maxi is a thing there. There's some other really strong floodgates in the game that are in OCG. So, but emptiness can be so unfair in the in like in the right wrong deck. Like if a Dragon Link player did their whole Dragon Link combo and then also had a Vandy's emptiness on it, like you're playing through Appaloosa, Borla Savage, everything, and then emptiness, and probably most of it is going to be cards to protect emptiness to make it so you can't extend uh, I don't know how I feel about this I I feel like there is ways of getting around this card the closest thing I can think of is summon limit but some even summon limit doesn't like is not close enough to this it's kind of like scythe walk like because you're really empty, you're really only using emptiness for one turn. Because once you start playing, you can remove your own emptiness, and then you know do what you need to do. So this is mainly just to stop the opponent. So scythe lock, I guess, is the closest equivalent to it. Scythe lock stops all special summons from the extra deck, though, not just special summons. Period. But let's be real, we're in a game state where. Uh, we kind of use our extra decks a lot, unless you're like a rogue deck. So, 
I mean, Scythe Block seems fair. It requires a lot of deck space. It has an opportunity to be negated um, because the Scythe actually has to trigger. And so there is some counterplay, but I feel like there's not that much counterplay to Vanities. Like, also, I, I think Scythe is usually brought out through Sanctum, and so there's an opportunity to Ash Sanctum if they didn't use an Ash prior turn, which is not the case for Vandies. Like, if they open Vandies, like, you're just not playing for a turn. There is no additional resource yet to go into to proc or trigger the Vanities. I don't know. I don't know. This is... Vanities is a strong card. It definitely... I'm, like, really on the fence. I, I'm on the fence, but my gut is saying that this should stay banned. Like, I may be wrong there. Um, if you have a good argument as to why this should, this could or should come back to one, I would love to hear it because I'm, I'm so on the fence, but I'm just leaning towards no, this should stay banned. It can just be a blowout card if you actually open it. Like, granted, you can't search it, but there's some decks that can actually, like, search a trap card or like find ways to do some abuse with this or to reset it or recycle it or something so yeah i'm, I'm leaning towards no i just talked myself into saying no <laughs> okay we're gonna do two more um uh and then probably call it a day so the <laughs> and the last two i'm gonna get so much heat for oh my gosh i know i know i'm gonna get heat for it so uh, Yada Garasu came up quite a few times, <laughs> and I love Yada Garasu. Yada Garasu is an awesome card, um, but good lord, like the ban list was created because of this card. So it's a level 2 Wind Fiend, it's a spirit monster, uh, 200 attack, 100 defense, so it, it completely ignoring effect, you're like, why the hell is this thing banned? So it can't be special summon. Why the hell is this thing banned? <laughs> this card returns to the owner's hand during the end phase of his turn. It was normal summon or flip face up. If this card inflicts battle damage to the opponent, they skip their next draw phase. That's um, that's pretty rough. Now, a couple things here. You have to dedicate a normal summon and you have to get an attack in. And it has to do damage. <laughs> so there's three very essential parts to it. Now this was usually played in combination with um, Chaos Emperor Dragon, which would bomb the whole board. You would search Yadagrasu, normal summon Yadagrasu. Since they have no hand because of Chaos Emperor Dragon, you would poke for 200 and then they're locked out of the game because they can't draw. Uh, that's what the infamous Yada Lock is. And even other decks that kind of do something similar to it, where like you prevent the opponent from drawing or you make the opponent redraw a bunch of times, is typically referred to a Yada Lock. Uh, now, I, this card, this card, it, it stirs so many mixed emotions. At first glance, this card looks like it could come back to one at first glance because that's those three conditions like getting a normal summon through getting an attack through and inflicting damage three really strong parts and one card effect 
However, we have hand traps now. So, um, Effect Veiler effectively stops this card. If they're trying to search it or something, you can stop the search. Uh, with, like stopping the search with like Songin, pretty much. Um, oh, Song, like Ash Blossom to the Songin that would normally search the Autograssu. And, but there's some decks that really, really thrive in a simplified game state. Um, Eldritch. Eldritch loves a simplified game state and the entire premise of Eldritch is to slowly outgrind the opponent to where the game tilts in your favor and you have enough advantage to actually start laying in some damage. And it's just like picking their board apart, banishing stuff from their graveyard, you know, making stuff really awkward for them. Um, and I think Yadagrasu would fit in well in this type of deck. Uh, like, think of it this way. You're in the midpoint of the game. You know, your initial combos have already kind of been burnt out. You're now starting to get into the grind game. Eldritch is starting to kind of take control of the grind game. They don't care about their normal summon uh, because they're a trap deck. So their normal summon, like that, fits the condition of Yada. And even if you have like one or two cards in hand, um, like denying you that draw, is very strong like the the game has a bunch of one card combos we've all been in the situation where you know backs against the wall you have a brick in one you have a brick in your hand uh you don't know what you're gonna do and you top deck like pod desire sort of extrav or prosperity and then that gets you to what you need to go to get back into the game you know like Yu-Gi-Oh has advanced so much to where we have a lot of one card combos to where like we can one card makes a big difference um Yadagrasu, even just like pecking for one like like hitting one time just to deny you one draw like that's gonna throw unless you have like a really active graveyard to play from grave like that's gonna deny you that's gonna make stuff really tough for for a turn and if you can't establish a board with what you got in a control like against a control deck that's gonna pick apart your board anyways like Yadagrasu is just gonna come back the following turn and do it again and it's not gonna be long before like you are locked out of the duel like you have no more resources to play uh <clears throat> with that being said i don't think that everybody should have to run a graveyard like a graveyard fueled deck to be able to play around this card like people like if Yadagrasu is at one, Granite wouldn't see play in every deck, but the decks that would play it would definitely win with it. Um, and I think that's the important part. Also, I don't think that Yadagrasu makes for like a healthy game state. Like, hear me out and let me give an example. So when you're playing against like a control deck, or combo deck or something, there is counterplay. Like, evenly matched, Dark Hulu No More against combo decks, evenly matched against, uh, like, control trap decks. Um, you know, Lightning Storm is like counterplay. But, like, uh, sometimes it could even be, like, you know, the opponent puts, like, you know, for example, like, the 
Herald play from Drytron where they can get a bunch of negates. Like there is ways to like bait stuff to do negates to break that board and play. Like, and if you lose, sometimes it's like, I just didn't see the out or like, you know, they disrupted me at the proper time. What Yada Grasu does is that if you're down in value in a game, Yada Grasu keeps you down and it's not fun. Like there, it turns into like, I didn't draw my out to like, I could not draw. I could not search for an out to play around, to play out of this. And I think that it, it definitely makes losing like feel way worse. Like the opponent identified the time where you were like low on steam and then that's when they went in and then the game ended. Like it's, it sucks. It would be so awful. I think I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to say that I'm like 70-30 on this one. I'm gonna have to say Yadagrasu stays banned. It's it's mean, like it sucks on paper, but in the like proper sense and if somebody knows how to like properly use this card, this card like is an awful play against and it makes it not so fun to play against. So yeah, 7040 on that one. Yada Grasu stays banned. All right. Last one. And I. <laughs> do you, do you want to take a guess on what, what the last one's going to be? I'll give you a couple seconds to just think about it. You got something in your mind? Okay. So, it's Thunder Dragon Colossus. Now, this one. Once again, I was not in toss format. I was not playing during that time. However, I don't need to play toss format to see how strong this card is. So it is a level eight dark thunder fusion monster, 2600 attack, 2400 defense. The stats actually do matter here uh, because of its effect. <laughs> and uh, it's a thunder dragon monster plus a thunder monster. So two materials to put on board. Must be either fusion summon or special summon during the turn a thunder monster effect was activated in the hand by tributing a thunder effect non-fusion monster. So it's, it's tricky wording, but uh, you can put it on board if something activated in hand and you just have a thunder monster on field that's not a fusion. So uh, like any of the thunder dragons that just like summon from deck or something, lead to a Colossus. Uh, so high, like in the prime of its time, uh, Thunder Dragons could like 100% of the time put this on board turn one. Its effects, it, the, the two following effects are the ones that are really, really rough. So cards cannot be added from the main deck to your opponent's hand except by drawing them. If this card be destroyed by battle or a card effect, you can banish one monster from your graveyard instead. Those are two really, really strong effects. So, droll, it's a one-sided droll for the opponent. They can't add anything from main deck to hand except by drawing. So they, like, drawing is just not played like that anymore. Like, everybody searches. The game is based around searching. 
like extra and prosperity having the caveats of you can't draw for the rest of the turn. That means nothing because I'm just gonna add everything else. Um, and on top of that, if this would be destroyed, you can banish the Thunder Moss from your graveyard instead and Thunder Dragons get pluses when they're banished. Why is this card at one in the OCG? This is <laughs> it's so, it's so oppressive. So granted though, this is played pretty much strictly in Thunder Dragons. Um, now, Thunder Dragons, like Chaos Thunder Dragons can be exceptionally a strong deck if they have all the right pieces. Um, I think, um, oh gosh, I can't remember his name. Uh, it will come to me. Callie, Callie, he did a video a while back that was a cast on a dragon deck that was um, pretty gnarly and that was without Colossus. So, let's think of the counterplay. Let's think of the counterplay that exists. So, you can still draw, but let's be honest, we're not really drawing like that. Um, it can be sent to the graveyard by a card effect. It can be tributed, so Kaiju. Uh, you can Lancia to stop banishing and then remove it some way there, but you're still invest Like this is always that involve quite a lot of removal, I mean, like a lot of resources. Um, Droplets kind of stops this card. Uh, a turn one Imperm gets you out of this card because it could still be targeted. Uh, let's see, what other common things exist right now? Uh, I'm trying to think of just like car popular cards like, like Zeus, but that requires you to make an Exes, get an Exes attack in, and then uh, go into Zeus and resolve Zeus. And that is under the assumption that the opponent does not have other stuff alongside his Colossus, because Thunder Dragons definitely will. And it's like, it's not like you can really even destroy it by battle because it has 2600. And then if you do, it saves itself anyway, so there's no point. I feel like... I feel like Colossus would not be that bad if it could just be summoned off any Thunder Monster. Like if you actually had to fusion summon this with Thunder Dragon Fusion, it, it means that like you're actually putting more resources into putting this on board, meaning that you're not gonna have the resources to like make other stuff, if you know what I mean. But it's like, this can be like a one for one and you get a really powerful floodgate. Uh, but, but like I said, we're doing no erratas as is. Um, I don't understand how, how OCT plays with this at one. Like, are Thunder Dragons just not good? Cause this is, this card is goofy. You would play Thunder Dragon specifically for this card. Granted, like, Droplets and Imperm are very common cards in the game right now. So like breaking this wouldn't be that bad. Um, Like, there is counterplay to this card, but if you don't see it, you can't search for it, and then you're out of the water. 
Um, I feel like Eldritch wouldn't actually have a problem with this card because they're not adding anything from main deck to hand. They're just like setting stuff. So Eldritch wouldn't have an issue with this card. Um, and also they could use Golden Lord to just targeted Sen with Golden Lord's effect. And then that's the end of that. <laughs> and then then hit it with the ha the Hakuero and like, no, we're done with this. And I'm not <laughs> um, Flunders would absolutely lose to this card. I'm not sure how Sword Soul would be. I feel like Sword Soul kind of could play through this card, but if they didn't open up their full combo pieces and didn't get interrupted, it would kind of suck. Uh, Dogmatica could hypothetically negate this, but no Nadir Servant, no, um, like, Punishment doesn't get them out of this. Gosh, so, Invoked, Shadal, well, Shadal could Super Poly this, and it's a dark, so it'd make a window, so Floodgate for Floodgate. I don't know, there's a lot for this one. I... As it stands right now, I do not think this card could come back to the game. Not in, not in the current format that we're in. There's just not enough way to counterplay it. Like, this is one of those cards that could come back if we also had Maxi, because we'd actually have an option in the game to like draw and actually be able to draw our outs. Uh, if it got the errata of removing the special summon during the turn of Thunder Monster effect was activated. Like, if you actually had to fusion summon this, I think this card could also come back to one. Uh, it would be, like I said earlier, you have to invest more resources in it, therefore uh, less resources to actually pop off in other ways. So, oh gosh, I hate that. I hate, and part, I think part of me started this episode looking at this card and being like, I want this card to come back. And like the more I look into it, the more I'm like, there's no way this card could ever come back. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. So this episode's dragging on. I've been talking about band cards. We talked about Harp Horror, Masterpiece, Electromite, uh, Vandy's Emptiness, Yada, Thunder Dragon. Those six pretty, pretty controversial cards that I got. Um, if you have any opinions or if you want to add to the conversation or anything, feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Set5Podcast. Uh, like I said, I could talk about this stuff all day and I'd love to talk to other people about it. Um, but with that, I think that we're just going to call an end to this episode. I've, I feel pretty good. I kind of like talking about this like format theory crafting. Theory crafting in general I think is really fun and it's like a good brain exercise you get to like make connections in different ways. Um, however, too much theory crafting can lead to really wonky deck building. So um, theory craft responsibly and in moderation. Um, and I will leave it at that. Uh, once again, this is JD Shock, AKA Julian, and you are listening to Set 5 Pass, a Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. Thanks and have a good afternoon.